hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of the Two Foot Attack Podcast. I'm your host, Aristotle Tarkos. We are back again for now. Okay, <clears throat> this is the penultimate episode. I forgot last week that the Champions League final isn't didn't happen in this last week. So I thought last week was the penultimate episode and the Champions League final would be have already happened and this would be the whole wrap-up thing. It's not. Next week's the last episode. So this is the penultimate episode. Um <clears throat> And as you can tell by a car, first you can tell by a couple of things. First, you can tell what the podcast is going to be based on the title. Um, it's going to be almost exclusively reaction to my preseason predictions, um, which is going to be interesting because I've already had a look and yeah, there's some shockers. There's some shockers. Um, so it's going to be that, and as you can probably tell by the slightly crook voice, um, I've come under, I've fallen a little bit under the weather. I think it may have been from my weekend away in Sydney last, not this previous weekend, the weekend after. It's hit me. I'm fine. I had a bit of a cold, but um, it's all right. I should be okay. Throat's a bit, throat's a bit cooked. That's all. Um, so yeah, apologies if it's slightly harder to listen to. I, I, I do apologize. But that's it is what it is. Um, I hope everyone's well. I hope, um, I hope the the first weekend without Premier League football has um, treated you well. I hope there's no withdrawal symptoms or it's kind of a break. I think it's a happy break for me personally. Um, I was kind of not relieved that football has ended, but I think with the world cup as well, with the world cup as well, it's, um, it was a lot, it was a lot and covering it every week and making, basically being consumed by it every single day for the most part for the past year. Um, pretty much it's been, it's been it's been a lot like pretty much from here obviously this time last year I was getting ready for Australia versus the UAE and Peru, and Peru. that was all consuming in my mind as well um, and then obviously we, we had the World Cup as well so it's been a really really full on year for for football so I am glad to an extent that we are coming to the end of it now and we can sit back and reflect on the year that was and the season that was. Um, yeah, that's mainly what this podcast is going to be about. But before I start, I implore you all to subscribe to the Two Foot Attack podcast um, YouTube channel if we can have that one final surge before the last episode, last official episode of season two next week. That would mean the world. Um, as always, I will be here sporadically throughout the off-season like I was last, last year. Not every week, not every Tuesday, but um, I may be here some episodes throughout the off season so there you can look forward to that but yeah one last push for for some for um to subscribe would bit would mean the world it truly does mean the world so that's what um so yeah and then obviously all the audio platforms two for tackle podcast on apple podcast google podcast anchor and spotify as well as the socials two for tackle podcast on tiktok and instagram two ft pod on twitter link tray link in both of bios of instagram and twitter and all the relevant socials to both the podcast and myself are in the description of YouTube. So that's where you can find all the, all, all the good stuff. Yeah, so there you go. That's all the plug I need to do. So uh, let's kick things off. And as you can tell by the title, this podcast will be exclusively um, reaction-based podcast. So we're going to be looking at my pre-season predictions as well as, as, well as touching on... Um, we'll look through halfway of my, um, of my 2023 prediction. Because if you can remember, at the start of this year... I can't believe we're in June already. That's actually insane. Um, yeah, we're in June already. That's mental. It feels like it's six months into the year already. Anyway, at the start of the year, um, I did at the start of the year I did twenty twenty three footballing predictions. Not exact, not season predictions, but footballing predictions for the year. Um, so we'll, we'll touch on those as well uh, towards the back end of it, as we as we look back and at the halfway point of the year and say whether or not my things have been correct or not as i quickly find 
that one. So yeah, that's what that's what we are. That's what we're going to go with. So yeah, as you can tell, pretty big kind of pretty big episode coming up. This could go for quite a while. I would hope. I hope that it's not. I hope that it doesn't. I hope that we can like get get through it. But um, yeah. Let's start. Should we? Let's start with the prem predictions. Let's start with the Premier League predictions as we, as we should, as we ought to. And let's let's go from twentieth up. Let's go from twentieth up, and we'll go through the predictions, and then we'll obviously go through, um, we'll obviously go through the teams as well. Um, as we as we shall. As we shall do, we'll go through the teams and what they what their season was. Um, as I put it in the run sheet so I don't forget, 2023 football predictions. All right, let's kick things off and let's go with 20th. Let's go with 20th. And this, is, this was this the one that started badly or was it, did it start at 18th? Because there's, def, there's one shocker in here and I think we can all kind of gather who that shocker was considering um, not many people had this team in the or a lot of people had this team in the relegation zone and they didn't actually finish there so um no it didn't start it didn't it, it started kind of bad but kind of good if that makes sense so in 20th place <clears throat> in 20th place I had I had Bournemouth I had Bournemouth in 20th place now this is um this is obviously a weird kind of team to, to dissect because at the start of the season I looked at their team and I thought all right they haven't really improved a whole lot I was looking at their squad I was like there's not a lot of depth they didn't take they didn't do what Forrest did and that's partly the reason why I put Forrest where I did put Forrest we'll, we'll move on that a little bit later but Bournemouth came into the league with a lot of underwhelmingness about them in a sense, they didn't really make any big signings. They were relying on a lot of the players that were in the Premier League with them last year or last time they were in the Premier League, like Philip Billing and, and players of the, of this calibre. They obviously had some quality um, that I really liked in the Championship. Lloyd Kelly in particular um, is the player that I actually had for for um, the breakout player of the year. So that's obviously another thing we'll be looking at. I did a breakout player for every single Premier League team. and um, I put Lloyd Kelly for Bournemouth, who... If we could bring quickly bring up his stats, he, he played okay. wasn't exactly uh, like outstanding by any means, but Bournemouth did prove a lot of people wrong, surprisingly, and they definitely put um they definitely proved definitely proved me wrong, um especially because I did not like I said I just didn't think that they would have the minerals to get the job done, but they they did and they did they did well they did well and they they stayed up in quite. I wouldn't say quite emphatic circumstances. Definitely towards the back end of the season, it was quite emphatic. They finished in fifteenth place. So, um, as I dropped my phone there, they did, they, they finished in fifteenth place, which is obviously a a position on the on the table which indicates relatively relative safety. Um, however, there was quite it was squeaky bum time as well towards like the back third of the season. However, they they managed to get the job done. They had a really good back end of the year, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, so they they lost their last four. But in their previous five games, they won four out of their last five um, in in the, in that in a row in that that kind of stretch of game. So that that four wins out of five really put them in good stead. They did lose their last four, but it, they were all but safe at that point. Full credit to them. Um, what happens with them next year? Who knows? They do need to make a lot of signings, in my opinion. Um, they do need to make a lot of signings. They do need to kind of revamp that team obviously they had they did go through a managerial change as well if i'm not mistaken um if i can if i'm remembering that correctly i did go through a managerial change so it was a it was a big kind of talking point when scott parker did leave and in the manner in which he did leave obviously the new manager comes in and did well towards the start of the of the of the of the kind of 
of his tenure, Gary O'Neill did well towards the start of his tenure and managed to keep them up. There was obviously a lot of talk about Scott Parker, Scott Parker not being backed and etc. A lot of drama filled Bournemouth. They were able to sound that noise out quite well, and I think Gary O'Neill came in and and did a relatively good job. He, one of the they didn't go through three managers, did they? No, only only Chelsea and Chelsea went through three, and I think Southampton did they go through three? I'm pretty sure they did. So um yeah, that's obviously. A tick for Bournemouth, they stayed up, and hopefully now with one season full of Premier League, one season with Premier League money, they can um, they can really challenge, they can really challenge and really push towards that kind of top half where I wouldn't say they belong, but they've shown that they can get there under Eddie Howe back in the day, and maybe it's going to take a couple of years, maybe they suffer a little bit of second season syndrome like we saw with like Sheffield Sheffield, Sheffield United, um, a couple of seasons ago. Or was it even last year? I think it might have been last year. Maybe. I don't know. Um, I don't think it will be that. I think they've got the minerals enough to be okay next season. I'm not going to say that they're going to survive because I think that's harsh. I don't I don't think... Like, I think that's kind of giving them too much credit. I'm not going to say they're going to survive straight away. It's just a way to see. But, um, yeah, Bournemouth. They... they let's, um, let's keep track. Do I have a piece of paper that hasn't been written on? Yeah, good. Great. So, um, Bournemouth... Bournemouth, they finished... I want to keep track of the points. So they finished 15th. I had them 20th. So that is five. So that is five points so far. Let's try and get as little points as possible. As we move on to the team that I had finishing 19th. And this is a... um, This is wrong. Quite clearly wrong. I had full finishing 19th. And um, yeah, they finished... Where did they finish? 11th in the end, was it? Yeah, they finished 10th. So that's nine points already as I write that down um yeah Fulham shocked me Fulham shocked me they Fulham were a side that I did not I I understood the quality that they had obviously Mitrovic up front was the main one and we all knew the prowess that he can display um Palinia as well who I predicted to be the standout player for them or the breakout player and I think he um I think he delivered in that sense um I think he delivered in that sense in spades I thought he was I think he was very very good for them so you can't really deny you can't really deny that in a sense, but I don't know. There was I just I obviously had this doubt with I obviously had this doubt heading into the season for for Fulham, and I think it might have been a little bit of PTSD coming back that they have the quality, they really do, but they just can't do anything with it. Obviously, Bert Leno comes in and he was fantastic for them. I think he really underappreciated in in the sense in what he was able to do being uh, playing as that being in goal for them and really being a solid, really, really solid contributor for them. I think it, yeah, I think it's one of those things, right? I think it is one of those things where, what, where do you kind of, where do you kind of move on to next in a sense with Fulham? Because what they are is they're a team that in the, in previous years have been that kind of top half Premier League team, but have fallen off quite drastically. They've brought in a lot of quality that is able to keep them up and and able to, and has given them the opportunity to perform very very well. So you can't really knock them in that sense. You can't really knock them in that sense. They started the season quite well. Obviously, that two that two all draw to Liverpool on the first day really kind of put the spotlight on them in a sense and was like, oh yeah, these guys are actually quite good. Um, Obviously, Marco Silva has has done fantastically well, has done fantastic for them, fantastically well for them. So, um, yeah, it, it it was a really weird season for um for Fulham. I really liked the signing of Manuel Solomon as well. For those who played football manager, you know just how good he can get on that game. So, um, yeah, weird season for Fulham, but good, like really good. What happens with them next year, I don't know. 
is it another second season syndrome, like I said, or is it a kind of wait and see what's going to happen with them? I think they'll stay up. I'll go bold, and I'll go early. I think Fulham will stay up again. I think they're good enough to stay up again. So, yeah, full credit to Fulham. They made me look like a right fool. Let's move on to another team that... Actually, no, a team that I actually got right. A team that I got right. It's Southampton, and I had them finishing in 18th. They, of course, finished bottom, so that's only two. Um, only two, but that's my first kind of... I would say prediction right. I fin- I had them going down, so I had them going down, so I'll take that. Um, yeah, Southampton, they were just shocking. They were just shocking from kind of minute one. They were never able to get real footing into the season. When we look at how they started the year, it was a 4-1 loss to Spurs. They did okay. They they, they got four points out of the next two games, but it fell off relatively quickly. Harsen Hoodle got sacked, if I'm not mistaken, after a... When did he get sacked? Was it after... Was it before or after the World Cup? Was I think it would it would have been before, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would have it would have had to be before. It was after was it after was it after the Liverpool loss? I think it was. No, when was it? it? Was after the loss to Newcastle? I'm pretty sure it was. I'm just trying to figure out the timeline exactly of when he got sacked. Yeah. So his last game was I think was the um his last league game was the game against Newcastle where they lost four one. Nathan Jones comes in a very risky appointment, even at the time, very risky appointment. And it's brave. You can't deny that it's brave bringing in a manager who, um, he was at, he was at Luton, if I'm not mistaken, right? Um, he was at Luton, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So bringing in a manager who was doing well with Luton and was, I was in the championship and was playing proactive kind of advanced football and being on the front foot and playing aggressive football. It works in the championship for a team that is actually quite good. Obviously we saw Luton got promoted, right? However, that he comes in and wasn't able to translate it with with Southampton. I just think the quality difference is just too big. And he comes in his first his first league win doesn't his first league win doesn't come until his first league win doesn't come until his fifth um his fifth league game. And it was a two one win against Southampton, and then he didn't get another league win since. So uh, he got one league win in what would have been eight games, nine games. And it was riding on the wall, really. He only survived a couple. He only survived a couple of months. He was the the yeah the second manager sacked from second manager sacked from kind of from Southampton that year. And I think it was more of his his kind of aura, or maybe not aura, but his behaviour. He was a little bit arrogant, a little bit snipey towards the board at times. And I just think it was a poor appointment from start to finish. They obviously bring in um, was it Salas? Um, is that his name? Ruben Sales, Sales, is that his name? Gee, I should really get this right, shouldn't I? Um, no, Nathan Jones still coaching in that game. Definitely not coaching in this game. What's what's the what's the manager's actual name? Yeah, Ruben Sales, Sales. He's Spanish. Um, he comes in and and it's one of those things, right? Trying to empty, trying to uh, empty the Titanic with a bucket. Can't really do it. Wasn't able to survive. The quality just isn't there. I like the the pieces that they've got. Ward Prowse is obviously very good. Lavia is obviously very good. Alcaraz up front, I think, has shown some promise this season. My um my standout player for them this year was, or my potential breakout player for them this year was Mohamedou Salasu. Um, he was good without being great. Um, yeah, he was good without being great. I think if we look at um, if we look at his kind of overall rating for, for on sofa score, he's a seven point four. So he was good. He was good towards the back end of the year as well. Especially, he was quite good. By all by memory, so yeah, maybe that was a little bit of a of a wrong call, but yeah, Southampton are in trouble. Southampton are in trouble. 
depending on who they go out and get, depending on the signings that they make, if they lose Ward-Prowse, if they lose Lavier, they're going to really be putting a lot of emphasis on those on those kids, even the likes of Maitland-Niles. I think he would probably want to leave because I think he's Premier League level. So worrying times for Southampton. And for a Premier League staple and for a Premier League stalwart that has been there or thereabouts for the last decade, seeing them go down in such anticlimactic fashion is quite strange. But um, yeah, there you go. Southampton in 18th. Uh, I done 20th, so yeah. Uh, I'll give that a tick. So that's my first tick of the day, in my opinion. Let's move on to who I had 17th, and I had Nottingham Forest in 17th. They obviously stayed up by the absolute skin of their teeth, but they stayed up nonetheless. And it was a... There was a kind of... They sat up by four points, and they... To say that they threw money at the problem, and it worked. And you can't like you can hate it all you want, and you can kind of criticize it all you want, but they threw so much cash at the problem, and it just worked. Bring in Kalen Avas, bring in um, Felipe. I'm pretty sure these players who were just able to come in and just steady the ship. Very, very good for them. Very good for them. And you can't, like you said, you can't knock it. You can't knock it because it worked. Will it work next season? I don't know. They're gonna have a mass, mass exodus. They've got. A stupid amount of players um, in their team. A lot of a lot of quite aging as well. I mean, when you look at their forwards, Andre Ayew, uh, Chris Wood, Lyle Taylor, these players who are who are in their thirties and are probably going to leave at some stage in the near future. Even Jesse Lingard as well, hitting thirty, he's been a floppy. That's all. That's that you can't really deny he's been a flop. But I appreciate the way that they've stuck by Steve Cooper. He really could have got sacked at countless stages throughout the throughout the season, but they they stood by him and they were able to just manage him well or manage that kind of situation really well i yeah i'm really i'm really kind of i wouldn't say proud but i'm 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 appreciative of what they were able to do this year with the squad that they had with the kind of atmosphere around them a lot of people thought they could be straight up straight down they stuck to their guns they played relatively attacking footy uh football at times Throughout the year, they didn't really waver from their philosophy. And I think when you're led by someone as good as Morgan Gibbs-White was this season, I think he's a very, very good player. I think he's a very, very talented player. So I think he kind of was able to to kind of lead them lead them to where they need to be, five goals and eight assists in the season. Um, Kind of, yeah, was their, was their talisman. So very good for Forrest. I, I had them finishing one place above where they actually finished. So um, I had them, yeah, one place, no. One place below where they actually finish. They finish 16th, they have them 17th. So I'll give that another tick. Only one point. So um, yeah, Forrest, that's a tick. We're going to hurry things along because I spent too much time speaking on the relegation teams and there's not going to be a lot, enough time at the end to um to wrap things up. So let's move on. Also, yeah, I had Omar Richards as um I had Omar Richards as the kind of breakout player and I actually didn't really notice him throughout the whole year. I don't know how many games he actually played. Um he played. He played four games, and he's now. Oh yeah, he, he yeah he went he went out on loan, didn't he? He went out on loan to um to Bayern Munich. So that's a flop. That's a now. Omar Richards, good player, just didn't do it for um just didn't do it for for Forest, which is a shame. But yeah, Forest tick. I'll give that. Oh yeah, I'll, I'll give that a tick for for me if I do say so myself. Moving on to the next team, I had in sixteenth place Everton, and. I'll give myself a tick on that one as well. Uh, they finished in 17th place. Wow, Everton are in a real kind of spot of bother, aren't they? I spoke about them last week. They're in a real spot of bother. I, I don't... 
like you, you can praise them, and I said this last week. You can praise them for the way that they for the way that they stayed up. They showed good bottle, and they showed good minerals. Obviously, Lampard leaving throughout the year, bringing in Sean Dyche, they were able to do what they needed to do, and you can't knock them for being happy with their performances in the back end of the season to stay up. However, evidence should not be in that position in the first place. Like their squad, their talent, their stature within the league, their finances that are available to them should not be anywhere near. Um, relegation battle like Calvert Lewin up front is a is a good Premier League striker like a good Premier League striker. Andres Gay, Alex Awobi, Onana, Dukure, Dwight McNeil, Vinagre. These players are good Premier League players. They're nowhere near um, Championship level, and the fact that they were even potentially going to be there is a indictment. I think on the football club. There's something there's something wrong in that at that football club. I think it will change. I think if they I don't know if they if they're keeping Sean Dyche. If they are, I think it's a good move because I think he's a person that can just come in and just steady the ship, and just re- rebuild the culture. He's a good presence. He's a good character, and I I really like the way that he goes about it. Um. So yeah, I I happy for evident. Don't get a, don't get too carried away with yourself. But um, yeah no I I I like. I think I th- I think there's there's promise for Everton because of because you can't see them going down right you just can't they've always got that safety blanket of it's Everton they're too good to go down right and that normally means that they don't go down I don't see what has happened in the last two seasons happening again I I, I expect them to bounce back and I expect them to bounce back quite well I I do like Sean Dyche as a coach I do like what he stands for and I do like the way that he can kind of I do like the way that he can kind of direct a team in the way that he wants to and, and really rebuild them. So if he does stay, which I think he will, um, yeah, Everton are going to be quite good next season. I have no doubt. And yeah, it was a weird season for them. Started okay, if I'm not mistaken, and then kind of fell off. And then they got Daichi and started well, then fell off, and then they finished quite strongly. My um, breakout player for them at the start of the year was... Where's he? My breakout player at the start of them was Ben Godfrey. He was okay. I'll, I'll I'll give myself maybe just below a pass mark for that. I think I think Ben Godfrey is um is good, not great. I think he's I think he's quite good. How many games did he play this year? Played only thirteen games. Um, hasn't really hasn't played since April. I don't know if that's a injury or or what. But I thought he was okay, not great. I thought he was just okay. So, um, yeah, that's my prediction on evidence. So. I've got one point for Everton, one point for Forest, two points for Southampton, nine points for Fulham, and five for Bournemouth. So, I've done well. I've done well to kind of like a level level the playing field in a sense. Um, my next prediction in fifteenth, I had Brentford, and wow, I under I underestimated them. I underestimated they finished ninth, so that is six points for me. Um, yeah, I really like Brentford. I really like Brentford. I thought they would suffer a little bit with second season syndrome. So I, I always knew that they had the quality. I just thought that maybe that second season syndrome might kick in. World Cup break as well could interrupt a few things. But obviously they struggled with injury as well at times um, at times last year. So I was like, okay, they could do something quite well or they could do something quite good um, in this season. But I just was like, I'd rather be safe than sorry. But in saying that, you can't deny that they were very, very good at times. They took points off City twice, if I'm not mistaken. Um, obviously, they beat them at the back end of the year, and they beat them at home or away from home as well. Well, they, they, yeah, they took points from them. Um, they took points from them at two stages throughout the season. So it's a, it was a really interesting kind of, it was a really interesting season for them. A really interesting season for them. 
what happens next year. I think it's always, when, when you're looking at teams like this, like Brentford, even Brighton, to an extent, you always look at what's next. They could be, they could establish themselves as a really promising Premier League team, like a really good Premier League team. I, like obviously the Tony ban is gonna in, is gonna have a big impact on them for the for the first six months of the season, assuming that stays the way that is that is currently going. Hopefully they can figure something out, maybe getting a loan signing in or getting a player that can come in and be happy with being a deputy once Tony comes back because I think he's so integral to that direct kind of high paced, high tempo system. And Buemu as well has been doubted, but I think he was able to find form when he needed to. Even that midfield as well, Janel, um, Norgard as well. These just industrious, solid players. Like, these just solid, just good footballers. Like, good footballers. Jensen as well. I think Onyeka has been a fantastic player for them this season. And, yeah, I, I really like the way that, they, that they've managed to kind of turn around the narrative around them. I think that's probably the most impressive thing. Everyone looked at them and was like, yeah, second season syndrome, et cetera, et cetera. But they were able to turn turn it around and be like, no, we're a good team. Um, yeah, we're, we're a good team. We're going to be very good for, we're going to be very good this season. So yeah, I mean, I mean, I think they're going to be good, man. I think they're going to be good. I had six points on them. I had them finishing 15th. They finished ninth. So full credit to them. Yeah, full, full credit to them. It's one of those things where, you kind of sit back and we're like, yeah, they these these guys are quite good. These guys are quite good. So um, always have a spot, soft spot for Brentford. I know as a Chelsea supporter, is a little bit of a rivalry there, but you can't help but appreciate how they go about things. And yeah, I mean, with Weiser up front, he hit form as well when he needed to. Kevin Shade as well. I think he was a very good signing coming in from Freiburg. So yeah, full credit, full credit to to Brentford as well. I think Thomas Frank's a very good manager as well. Very very good manager. He could be a player. He could be a manager that makes that that step up similar to our grandpa made that step but a little bit better in my opinion so yeah six points for Brentford and my breakout player was Keane Lewis Potter I got I got carried away with the with the, with the record in the championship I don't know I don't think I don't know how many games he actually played I know he, I know he made a couple of appearances quite early on um, but I don't think he did anything quite I don't think he did anything notable um, he might have actually gone out alone no he didn't no he played bad 10, 10 appearances, three starts, zero goals, one assist. Um, last appearance was on the nineteenth of Feb. So, yeah, a bit of an L on my part there, but um, a bit of an an L on my part there. So, unfortunately, that was um just one of those things, right? But it is what it is. We move on. Can't win them all. Can't win them all. Let's move on to the next team in fourteenth place. I had Wolverhampton Wanderers, and they finished in thirteenth. So I will absolutely take that one spot difference. I'll absolutely take that one spot difference. Um, yeah, Wolves weird. Just like I, I said this at the start of the season, and if you go back to the Premier League predictions I did at the start of the season, I just said Wolves will just be Wolves. Like they'll just be there. Won't be a threat to go down. Uh, yeah, won't won't be a threat to go down. We'll just kind of float in. We'll just kind of float in that kind of lower table, lower to mid table kind of area. I think sacking Bruno Large is quite a weird decision. Like, I didn't really understand that at the time. I know they were going through a little bit of a form slump. So, um, I know they were going through a little bit of a form slump. He got sacked after a 3-0 loss against Chelsea. No. When did he get sacked? It was after this game. Yeah, he got sacked after a 3-0 loss. Or was it after the West Ham game? I'm just trying to figure out where exactly he got sacked. Um, yeah, he got sacked after a 2-0 loss to West Ham in which they'd, they'd lost the previous game to City, but they were going okay. I think they might have been battling a relegation at that stage, but 
I think they were fine. Like, I didn't really understand the sacking in all honesty, but it happened. And they, they went with their interim manager for a couple of, for a couple of games. Steve Davies um, is listed here. He managed them for pretty much almost a month. Um, yeah, pretty much managed them for a month. And they brought in Lopetegui, who I think, who I thought was a um, very inspired appointment after the World Cup break. His first game was a 2-1 win away, 2-1 win away at Everton. So, um, yeah, he was able to steer them in the right ship. No, nothing overly impressive, nothing terrible. Just kind of, they just ticked along. They just ticked along. Wolves. They they made a couple of signings that worked. There's a couple that didn't. Yeah, the Costa in particular didn't work. But um, yeah, if we look at some of their like standout players, Ruben Neves as well. Or always, I should say, just that player that is just good. He's just good. Like he's a good player. What happens with them next season? I don't know. They should be okay. You back Lopetegui, right? You back you back his ability to kind of steady the ship and just do what's needed to be done in order to make sure that they are, in order to just ensure that they're there where they need to be um, at the business end of the year. Yeah, just is what it is. Just ticked along nicely. Can't n- no fuss about them. My breakout player for them was Ryan Aitnauri. Um, Ryan Aitnauri, if if I can read correctly, I can. If quickly, just double check what he did throughout this season. I don't think it was all that much. Um, he played 21 times, started only nine games, one assist and one, no, no assists and one goal. So bit of an L, just a bit, just a tad of an L in that kind of realm. But it is what it is. Um, yeah, it is what it is. There you go. Yeah, Wolves just were there. We're there or thereabouts. Next season for them, like I said, you can't really tell. If they keep some of their good players, they should be okay. You back Lopetegui in, right? But um, yeah, I'm not surprised in the slightest about about Wolves' kind of um, campaign. They were just there. They did what they needed to do. They managed to stay up, which is a club of their stature. That's all they need to do at this stage. Let's move on to 12th. In 12th position, no, in 13th position, I should say. Yeah. 13th position, I had... Leeds. Oh, God. Where do we start with Leeds? Um, Leeds actually finished in 19th. So that's a seven point, no, six point, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. 19th, one, two, three, four, five, six. Yep. Six point difference. One, two, three, four, five, six. Yep. Six point difference. Oh, where do we start with Leeds? Where do we start with Leeds? Now, I can I can brag about when I'm right. I can brag about when I'm right because I love doing that. But I think it's also it's also right to hold your hands up and say, "Yeah, I got it. I got it wrong," and I got it so horribly, horribly wrong with Leeds. Um, yeah, there's multiple videos of me saying that there's no chance of them going. There's no chance of them going down. That they're going to be fine. There's no relegation threat for them. Jesse Marsh is a very very good manager. I just was really bullish about them throughout the season. I thought they were able to turn it around, and they just weren't able to. Jesse Marsh gets a sack. Big Sam comes in, isn't gets one point from an available twelve, I think it was, and just was not able to steer the ship at all. Yeah, it, it's tricky. It's tricky because I rate I rated their squad so highly. I thought their squad was quite good. It was quite good. Rocker coming in, I think he was my breakout player as well for for them. Um, where's Leeds here? Yeah, Mark Rocker was my breakout player for them. He played an okay season, kind of alongside Tyler Adams with Weston McKenney coming in, 
Aronson as well, I thought was quite good at times. Sinistero was quite good early on. Um, Gnotto as well was pretty good. Bamford hasn't quite hit the straps that he did in his first season in the Premier League. The defence was a worry all year. They really couldn't get any continuity within that. And they were just so far exposed so many times. It's one of those things, right, where they have a lot of promise. Their ceiling was very high. Ceiling was very high, but their floor was um, very, very low. And they suffered because of it. Marsh suffered because of it. He's probably going to find another job somewhere else. Big Sam obviously isn't staying on. For them, like I said, like I said last week, Saki Masabi also, in hindsight, is an absolutely awful decision. So, um, it's an absolutely awful decision. So, it is, um, it is kind of getting in a bit of a interesting kind of position for Leeds because they probably do belong in the Premier League. The players that they have probably belong in the Premier League. It just was not able to was just was not able to click. So, um. Yeah, Leeds, six points for me for Leeds and a weird season for them. Really weird season for them. Let's move on to 12th. Um, yeah, let's move on to 12th quickly. One, so 20th, 19th, 18th, 17th, 16th, 15th, 14th, 13th, 12th. I had Aston Villa. Aston Villa in 12th. And if you would ask me this, if you'd ask me this at the start, if you'd ask me this halfway through the year, I'd be like, "Where do I sign? I'm snapping your hand off." But they sack Steven Gerrard, they bring in Unai Emery, and they finish seventh, and they finish in the European places. Full, full, full credit to Unai Emery. He comes in in a very in a position where it's very strange for a manager to come into this team, right? Because Gerrard gets sacked. When does Gerrard exactly get sacked? Um, I feel like it was after after their three 0 loss to Fulham, was it? Yeah, so after their three 0 loss to Fulham, he gets sacked, and then I don't think they bring in Emery straight away. No, they they lose they beat Brentford four 0 then they lose to Newcastle four 0 and then I think their first game under Unai Emery was a three one win away was a three one win, um, was a three one win at home to Manchester United, and then from there it just kind of snowballed into quite good form. It just quite good form. Ollie Watkins was hitting the score sheet every single day, it seemed like. And this kind of really good and balanced Villa squad that really was underperforming with Steven Gerrard kind of was able to really show its true kind of, its true ability. Ollie Watkins up front, I thought he's a fantastic player and and a, pers- a player that can really kind of change the way that that can really change the way that a team can play because he's can hold up the ball as a little bit, but he can also get in behind. He's a fantastic poacher, and we saw the change in system from Gerrard to Emery was kind of because of Watkins' ability to be a little bit versatile. Was that and Emery was able to get the best out of him. Leon Bailey as well, I thought he's a fantastic player. Coutinho, Buendia, Douglas Luiz, Babacu Kamara, these players, Jacob Ramsey, who was my breakout player for them. I thought he had a fine season. He had played 35 games, started 31 times. I thought he was good for them. So um, I'll give myself a tick. I'll give myself a tick in that in that kind of regard. Um, even even the likes of John McGinn and the defense held up quite well. Martinez was a crucial player for them as he always is. Um, we saw just how good he was at the World Cup. So yeah, Villa good, like good for Villa, really good for Villa. Good to see them back, where back in like the upper echelons of the of the Premier League because they are a very good side and 
if Emery can, can stick fat with them, I think he should be able to. I think he will be able to. We can really see that he suits that mid-table team, pushing them up to that European places level. I thought Arsenal for Emery was a too big of a jump. A team like Villa, where he can set his footing and then like re- and set his footing in the mid table and then kind of push up into European places, I think he's very good for them. So um yeah, very good, big tick for Villa. I got five points. So it start yeah it's it started poorly with five and nine for, from last and second last, and then I've got six six and five in my last in three out of my last four. So I'm gonna get a lot of points um at the back end that w- once we kind of conclude and tally everything up. But um yeah. Let's move on, and I don't really want to move on. Actually, no, I can move on because in eleventh place, in my eleventh place, yeah, it's I've got a team sitting in ninth, uh, and I've got a team sitting in third as well, which I really don't want to speak about. But um, that's not the team. Yes, so in a team sitting, I've got in eleventh place. I've got in eleventh place Crystal Palace, and they finished in, if I'm not mistaken quickly jesus okay it's not not coming up on this my 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 app is breaking um crystal palace finished in 11th so that is zero points get in my first correct prediction my first correct prediction now i didn't think it would come in the manner in which i did think in which it has come obviously patrick Vieira getting the sack I didn't expect that to happen, and I was actually quite shocked when it did happen. I thought he was able to turn turn it around. In the manner in which in the manner in which he got sacked as well was quite strange because I think they were just drawing a bunch of games, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, so they yeah, so they they drew they they didn't win in, in two months, but they also drew half of those games. So it's not it's not like they were losing every single one of their games. But Roy Hodgson comes in and completely turns that team around. Really, really fun to watch to watch towards the back end of the season. Just so exciting, vibrant, enthusiastic. Ebrichay Eze, who was my breakout player for them, so that's a massive tick. Proved himself to be one of one of the Premier League's best. Um, very, very good for them. Very, very good, and a player that just showed his class, just showed his class, him, Elise, Zaha, if they can get a number nine in, who can really score goals, like properly score goals, that isn't Odson Edward or Mateta or whoever, they could be very dangerous next season, I don't know who they're going to get, I would be shocked if they keep Roy employed and just like let the man retire for God's sake, but they could be very, very good to watch next season, very good to watch, I wouldn't be surprised if Eze makes a move, as well as Elise, I think they're ballers like I think they're so so good Elise shocked me a little bit more I've always known of Eze ever since he, like when he was in Q, when he was at QPR and was really doing well for them Eze is kind of I mean Elise has kind of come from nowhere and shocked me but um yeah full credit to Palace big tick from big tick for them 11th place massive tick let's move on to 10th in 10th place in 10th place I've got Brighton and Hove Albion and they finished in sixth so four points not too ashamed about that now obviously they had a season of filled with upheaval Basuma leaves at the start of the season Cucurella leaves at the start of the season Potter leaves a third of the way through the season and you're thinking oh god Brighton are going to really capitulate here and potentially even a relegation threat but the Zerbi comes in and like like, he, I, I think we are finally, 
we are finally coming into this new era of managers where it's we're, we're now seeing the changing of the guard. For the longest time, it was, if you want to succeed at the top level, you need to sign or you need to get one of like four managers, like Pep, Ancelotti, Zidane, and a couple of others. That's all it was. Whereas now we are finally seeing the likes of De Zerbi, hopefully the likes of Postacoglu come through and be different alternative options that play exciting football and can really take a team to the very top. He's an absolutely fantastic manager and one of those managers that really went under the radar when he first came, but unbelievable. Like really, really good because he's gotten so much out of that Brighton side and arguably he made Brighton play better under him than they were able to play under Potter, which says a lot about considering how hyped Potter was. I think Deserbi is arguably even better. So he's a big tick for them, um, a big tick for Deserbi. Just overall, European football for Brighton next season is going to be insane. They're going to be playing in the Europa League with Liverpool. Um, yeah, it's it's very good for them. Very good to see a success story coming out of coming out of the Premier League and and a, and a way that we can see like in a way in which we can see a, a different approach, similar to Brentford, how. Brian didn't splash the cash. Brian didn't kind of spend stupid amounts of money. They were just very smart, very uh, um, kind of stringent and disciplined in their approach to the way that they, in their football operations. And that allowed them to be kind of expressive on the pitch and allows them to really just be fluid. So, yeah, massive tick for Brian. Massive, massive tick for Brian. I really like the way that they go about it. And I'm quite, um, I'm quite. I'm quite jealous in the way that in the way that they go about their, their their football operations because I wish Chelsea could operate in a similar fashion because I think it's far more sustainable. But um yeah, full credit to Brighton. And my breakout player for Brighton this year, quickly. Did I do for Palace? Yeah, I did do for Palace. My breakout player for Brighton this season was Moises Caicedo. So I know that's probably not a breakout player, but he was very, very good for them. So I'll give that a tick as well. Um Caicedo was very good. Let's move on. To my team that I had in ninth. Oh god. Team that I had in ninth was Leicester City. <laughs> and they obviously finished. Oh god. For, for, for fuck's sake. Um I Leicester finishing ninth. And they of course finished in a whopping. As we can quickly find it, just so I'm making sure. In a whopping 18th place. So that's nine points for me. Um, no one expected this from Leicester this season. No one expected this from Leicester. My, my, I had I had Harvey Barnes as my breakout player for them. I thought he'd be far better than what he was. Um, Rogers gets a sack. They bring in Dean Smith and didn't really do anything with them. Like it's just really meh. Like really, really meh. You can't really say anything more about it. It was a just such a strange season because no one. We all we all were looking at Leicester, right? And we're all like, oh shit, they might go down. They're, they're like in a relegation fight. They're in a relegation fight. And I never, like everyone just kind of thought, yeah, they'll like they'll be fine. Like you just thought that they'll be fine because it's Leicester, right? They'll be fine, right? But they just weren't. Like, and, I, and there is a podcast titled, right? And I, and I love giving myself credit at every available opportunity because I'm a smug piece of shit, I know. But um, I... <laughs> um, I, there's a podcast titled Why Leicester Could Get Relegated on on the channel, right? And it was after, I think... I think it might have been after... I think after they lost to... Where was... I think it was after they lost to, to Tottenham, maybe. 
or maybe the Brighton loss, or Bournemouth loss even. And I kind of went through why I think Leicester could get relegated because they weren't really playing good football, they were tactically a mess, and etc. etc. But in my heart of hearts, I did it because I thought it was a good talking point, I think it was good to explore, but I did not think that they would go down at any stage. Any stage throughout the season, I didn't think they would go down. Not even in the back end when I when I re when I kind of did my relegation predictions maybe a month out from the end of the season, I still didn't think they'd go down. I just thought they had enough quality. And maybe they are too good to go down because, like I said, I had Harvey Barnes as my breakout player. He's a fantastic talent but didn't perform. Wilfred is a fantastic talent, didn't perform. Yuri Tillemans is going to leave for a, a packet of chips. James Madison is a fantastic footballer. Even lots of Pats and Dakar and Kelechi Nacho and um, Jamie Vardy as well. Timothy Castagna, Harry Suter. Like, yeah, fuck, it's a massive shame because they're good. Like, they're players that they've got at least are good. But, um, yeah, no one saw this coming. They're down, and in weird circumstances, anticlimactic circumstances as well. They didn't really make an effort. They didn't really make a charge in their last couple of games. They, they, they drew against Newcastle, and they beat West Ham. So, I mean, fair. But, like, 3-0 loss to Liverpool. You can't be losing 5-3 to Fulham if you're trying to stay up. You can't be drawing Everton. You need to win those games. You can't be drawing. You can't be losing one 0 to Bournemouth. You need to win those games. So, a little bit of a victim of their own circumstance. A little bit of a kind of a catalyst of their own demise. But yeah, I feel sorry for them. Some of their fans, no. Some, yes. I have a good friend who's a Leicester supporter, and I feel very, very sorry for him. And I want to just give him a big hug because I, I, I really feel bad for him. But I, yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. Tricky, weird. They should be back. They should be back. They'll be back. They got far too much quality to not be back, and they've got far too much status to not be back. Um, one one um one little year in hell is what it will be, and they'll be fine. Um, let's move on again to and my breakup player, like I said, was Harvey Barnes, which didn't really eventuate. Let's move on to the team that I had in eighth, Newcastle United. They obviously finished fourth, so. That's four points for me. Now, I'm taking this as a tick because there is a there is a video on the channel and there is a TikTok on the TikTok that says why I think Newcastle can make Champions League football and they made Champions League football and you can... And you all laughed at me. Everyone on the TikTok comment sections laughed at me. And then I just went back and gave them a nice kind of... Hey, go on, mate. Because I I knew they're... A, like, they, they're good, man. Like, a Newcastle are good. Like... I, like, I'm not saying that I saw it, because I wasn't the only one that saw it. And I'm not saying that I'm better than everyone else, right? But I looked at their squad pre-season, and I was like, okay, it's so well-balanced. Like, it is very well-balanced. Eddie Howe's a great manager. The signs that they've brought in are very good. Alexander Isaac is a baller. Like, he's good, man. He's he's, he's the bollocks, mate. He's so good. Um, there's just a lot, a lot to like about them. Like, a lot, a lot to like. And... It goes back to kind of, it goes back to that thing of what, what you what your expectations are of the team that have, that kind of have nothing to lose. I don't think Newcastle didn't have anything to lose because the expectation was off them, right? So they kind of were just like, let's just play football. Eddie Howe was just like, let's let's just play football, and they were able to just win, 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 win. They were undefeated up until I think maybe even after the World Cup break, it or they were undefeated after the World Cup break, I'm pretty sure, in terms of, like, they had, I think they would won 12 and drawn 11 or something like that. Um, when was their first loss? Their, f- uh, their first loss was, like, was it, their first loss was to Liverpool, I'm pretty sure. I'm, like, 90% sure. 
Um, they were undefeated for quite a while, if I'm not mistaken, unless I unless I am horribly mistaken. Oh no, that, that, that yeah no, their first no. What am I looking at? Yeah, their first loss of the season came. Where am I looking? Yeah, no, right, okay. You know, their first loss of the season came against Liverpool, but that was their only loss and in the league until they lost to Liverpool again in February and then they lost to Man City. So their first loss that wasn't against Liverpool or Man City came in April against Villa. Like, that, that they're good. Like, they're good. They only lost five games for the whole year. They lost four less games than Man United. Like, they're good. However... My breakout player for them this season was Joel Linton. I thought he was very good. Um, a little bit of a meme, but I think he, I think he was actually quite good for them. He was able to really steady the ship in the centre of midfield and was actually developed to be, unironically, a very good footballer. Like, Joel Linton now is, unironically, a good central midfielder. Like, a good central midfielder. Very good box-to-box midfielder. Um, which is funny if you if you had told me that 18 months ago. But, um, yeah... I say all of this, however, next season could be trickier for them because now the expectation's on. Now they're going to be the hunted a little bit more. They're going to be, teams are going to be putting a lot more time and effort into them. They're going to be looking to exploit weakness, weaknesses a little bit more. If they can get a, if they can be really proactive in the transfer window, address some key areas in which they need to, which in which need addressing, I think left back is one. I think I rate Dan Byrne. I just don't think he's a world, I don't think he's at the left back to take him to that, to that level. Maybe another center half, maybe. Uh, maybe a like maybe like a world class number eight that can really push on and obviously I got Bruno Guimaraes who's a fantastic player but like a world class number eight that could really push on um, and maybe maybe another winger as well because they played Isaac out there at times but I think he's better down the middle have Wilson off the bench to be your pure goal scorer who can come on and change things up but um yeah no I like Newcastle next season could be a little bit trickier for them but um no I I really do like Newcastle a lot so I had them eighth but. I did say that they could very, very well easily finish in Champions League places, and they did, so there you go. Um, let's move on to seventh. And I had I had West Ham United, who I had West Ham United finishing in seventh, and they finished all the way down in 14th, so that is seven points for me. Um, yeah, weird for West Ham kind of reverted back to where how they were a couple of seasons ago. Obviously, last year they did quite well. Um, last year they did quite well. They finished in in seventh. The year before that, they um, the, the year before that they finished in sixth. So I thought it would be a steady progression, but it, they returned back to their 2019-2020 form. Um, but I don't blame them because their, their squad is quite... doesn't have the depth that it potentially should have. Um, I really like the signing of Paqueta. I really like the signing of Sakamaka. They just haven't hit the ground running. My breakout player for them was Ben Johnson. He was meh at times, meh at best, I would say. Um, meh at best for them. He was good, a very just solid footballer, but nothing special. Didn't really take that. Um, didn't really take that that next step in which I thought he would. Didn't really play a whole lot either. So, um, yeah, West Ham. They're in a Conference League final. So if they can win that, then it's obviously a success for them. Um, yeah, if they can win that, it's obviously a success for them. So you can't you can't knock them if they do win it. It's obviously against Fiorentina. So um, that is that's in a couple of days. That's on Friday. So I'll I'll make sure to touch on that next week. But um, yeah, no, West Ham just fine. They stayed up in a European final. If they can win the European final, massive massive success. I don't know where David Moyes takes this squad from here. Maybe they need a complete revamp, get rid of Moyes and bring in like Usher in a new era. I think that's probably the aim and that's probably the direction in which they're probably going to go with. 
Although I do think Moyes is a bit of a fantastic servant for them, and I think he really suits a team like West Ham and a club like West Ham. That's why he did so well at Everton, right? So, um, yeah, full credit to them. If they lose Rice, that's going to be interesting. If they lose Paqueta, maybe that's going to be interesting. If they lose someone like Jared Bowen, that's going to be quite interesting. But, um, yeah, no, I, I, I like... I, I I can appreciate what West Ham have done this year. I can put it that way. So, yeah, there you go. Four, seven points for me for them, if that makes sense. As we move on to sixth place, I had Manchester United. Obviously finishing fourth. Manchester UTD, fourth. I had them sixth. These two places. Um... Look, complete like I like I called this season to an absolute petite. Called it to a team. Go back and watch the Premier League predictions. I know I predicted them to finish sixth, but I thought the competition would be a lot higher. I thought um Tottenham would be a lot better than what they were and Chelsea would be a lot better than what they were. Hence why I think that uh, hence why I shunted them down to sixth. But naturally, because those two teams were bad, they got pushed up to um to fourth. I, I, I call this season to a team. Completely what I expected from Manchester United. Completely what I expected. Just did the job. Did, did the, just did the job. Just come in. Ten, ten Hag comes in. Loses loses some games in which they shouldn't. The 4-0 to Brighton is one of them. The, the 9-0 to um, Liverpool is one of them. But they won games in which they probably shouldn't either. Like They beat Liverpool. They, they, did, they performed well in some other games as well. They were just there. Did, did good. They just like They did good. Basically, that's that's what they did. They did good. I'm not surprised in the slightest. A very very good first season for Ten Hag. Won a trophy as well, so that's a massive tick for them. Um, get that monkey off the back. Yeah, not surprised in the slightest. Not surprised in the slightest by what Manchester Manchester United have been able to do. Rashford was able to hit some unbelievable form. Um, heading into the World Cup and even after the World Cup, he was outstanding. Just a a, a really solid first season. A really really, really solid foundation-setting first season for Manchester United. They Casemiro came in and was a fantastic player for them. There's obviously key areas where they need to address. I think they still probably need number nine. I think I'd rather Rashford play on the left, maybe. Actually, no. Um, Rashford up front probably signed a left midfielder, a left winger even. They were able to breed the youth like Garnacho as well has come in and has done very well. Um, my breakout player for them was um was Donny Van der Beek, which, yep, that's a that's the biggest L I've taken so far. That was shocking. So, yeah. Um, but no, yeah, just solid. Like I can't really say a whole lot other than just did what it did what they needed to do. Has obviously uh isolated some strengths that they can really use. I think Marcus Rashford being one of them, breaking into that left half space and making those diagonal runs into the box, I think has been very good for them, using his pace and his really natural, naturally gifted footballing abilities. Obviously something that has done really well for them this season. So there's obviously that. but And there's obviously isolated a lot of weaknesses. I thought we all know the defence at times was a little bit of an issue. Um, the, disconnect, the disconnect between the midfield and the defence especially at times was an issue. But I just think they've been good. I just think they've been good. Just good. And that's all you need to be in a first season after such a season full of um full of upheaval. So yeah, fair play to fair play to United. Two points for me on that one, but um yeah, there you go. Let's move on to fifth. In fifth place, I had Arsenal. Um, in fifth place, I had Arsenal. Oh, as the dog starts barking. Um, they obviously finished second, so that's three points for me. Um, I've spoken about Arsenal at length. I've spoken about Arsenal at length, but um, yeah. 
a really uh, Arsenal fans should be so so unbelievably proud of what they've been able to achieve this season. Um, been so so proud. The the back end was poor, undeniably, but that first eight months of the season was magical, right? Magical. So you can't really like you can't really take anything away from that. What you can do though is look ahead and see what happens next year because I've, I've I've spoken a lot about Arsenal retrospectively so far, so I look forward. What happens now? Do, does this form continue? Does this form continue for them? Are they able to kind of transform? Are they able to transform their their back end of the season form and take it back to what they were throughout the middle of the year? Is this going to be? Is this a sign of things to come? They need a lot of signings, right? They do. Partey towards the back end of the season was poor, and I think he may have some extracurricular activities that he needs to attend to, which could potentially hamper his preseason preparations. Saka was poor towards the back end of the season. Jesus struggled with injury, but I thought he was quite good. Um, and there's obviously something funny about Jesus coming up, which oh, you'll figure out when I t- when I say what it is. Um, yeah, it's just quite strange season for Arsenal and quite a strange outlook. Because you can't help but be proud and you can't help but be enthusiastic about what they've been able to achieve. But will they be able to maintain it? I don't know. They needed probably another centre-half. or they, oh, Sorry, they definitely need a right-back. And then moved Ben White into a third-choice centre-half. Probably need an, one, maybe two more midfielders. Probably need another striker. Probably need another winger. They need a lot of signings. Their first 11 is very good. Their depth, however, does does is, is a big issue at times. So... Um, it's a, um, yeah, it's really interesting for Arsenal, really interesting outlooks. I guess we'll just have a wait and see, but I got three points for them. In fourth place, I had Tottenham, um, Tottenham are a rabble, Ange, please don't ruin them. Um, obviously they've, I mean, they finished in, um, where did they finish? They finished in, yeah, they finished, oh no. Wait, Manchester, yeah. No, Manchester, I had, I have three points for Manchester United. They finished third and I had them finishing sixth. Apologies. Um, yeah, obviously, Tottenham finished in eighth. I had them finishing in fourth. So that's obviously three point, four points. Um, Ange is going to come in and fix that joint, fix that joint straight away. Yeah, it's obvious, right? It's obvious that he's going to fix that joint. Um, yeah, you can't, re- it's, it's one of those things, right? Where it's, what can you do? What can you do about, what can you do about, the season that has happened, obviously they sacked Conte, brought in Ryan Mason, and like, just like, what the fuck, right? So much upheaval, so much drama, so much unnecessary bullshit that filled the back end of Spurs and filled everything that's not on the pitch. And you kind of, like, I, I don't feel sorry for Spurs at all, the club, but the what they've, what they've gone through, like the fans, what they've gone through is fucking insane. Like, it's so stupid what they've gone through. Like Harry Kane scoring thirty goals this season has been absurd, um, for a team as bad as what they've been. Conte ripping them a new one in a press conference is quite funny. Their 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 loss to Liverpool is so funny, like so hilarious. Their loss to Newcastle is hilarious. Just a lot of, a lot of what the a lot of what the hell happened for for um for Tottenham this season, a lot of just what, like what, so um, yeah, they, they need to look forward, they need to kind of, they need to think forward, 
for them, if that makes sense. They need to think forward and they need to be able to adapt and change. I think Postacogli will be a man to do that. They need to guard out the squad, in my opinion. The squad's not good enough. The squad's not good enough. It's it's got it's got too much baggage. It's got too much emotional and toxic baggage from the previous managers. They need to gut the squad, really gut the squad and start fresh. So I won't be I won't be surprised if it's a slight down here and then they progress um, next year or the year after. However, they need to be sure that during this down period they don't sack Postacoglu because that is the worst thing that they'll do. However, I wouldn't be surprised because Spurs are a club full of stupid people. Um, let's move on to third place. In third place, I had Chelsea. Kill me. Absolutely. Like, just for God's sake. That's nine points again for me. Um, ah, fuck's sake. Um... But what can I say that hasn't been said already? Shambles from start to finish. Where to next year? Who knows? I really don't want to speak about us because it gives me, it gives me so much, shred, like anxiety and stress. Like oh shit, I support this team of all teams. So yeah, I don't really want to speak about us, but I feel like I'm obliged to. So we sucked for a mo- for 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 some of the for some period we we're good. First month and a half under Potter, good stuff. Um. Weren't great, though, for the rest of it, and he got sacked, and then Lampard came in, and we nearly got relegated, but we didn't, and um, Tuchel shouldn't have got sacked. Tuchel shouldn't have got sacked, as always, but um, can't change that, I'm afraid. So, um, yeah, there you go. How how fucking shit was that? So, um, yeah, nine points for me, for Chelsea. Um, shrug. Shrug. Um, yeah, who cares? In second place, I had Liverpool. They obviously had a really weird season. They finished in sixth. So there's four places for me, four points for me. And of course, Man City finished in top with um with Man City finished top, um, which I had fin- them finishing top as well. But that's, who cares? Let's skip over Man City. Liverpool. Um, in, I think this is a very important year for Liverpool. And how they're able to respond, I think, is quite important because... They've gone through that transition. They've gone through that mini transition that every kind of era goes through. We saw with Pep, they went. He went through that mini transition when when Liverpool won the league that one year. I think this is Liverpool's transition year because yeah, you can like they've they've gone through that that drop. I think now they're going to come up. I think now they're going to come up and do quite well next season. They've been able to integrate some new players into the team. They're refreshing the squad. Milner's leaving. A couple of caters leaving as well. I think a lot of other, a lot of older and tenured players are leaving. They're going to gut the squad out, change the squad, change a lot of things, and really usher in a new era under under Jurgen Klopp. Um, yeah, no, I, I think it's good. I think th- I think it's an important. The season for them is bad. They, they finished fifth in which they probably should never finish in fifth again, right? To be honest, because they um they finished in fifth, not sixth. So that's three points um, for, for Liverpool. Um, yeah, they probably should never not be in the... They should never not be in the Champions League places, especially under Jurgen Klopp. But I think this season was quite important for them. I think it was quite important for them to just refresh the squad, and like go through a little bit of adversity, change things up and really usher in a new era... I think what they've done with Trent Alexander-Arnold, I think the way that they've responded from that whole controversy controversy is very, um, very good, very good, and it like is very good for them because they located, isolated an issue, addressed it, and obviously he's playing in this kind of like number six role, similar to how John Stones is playing. So that's very good for him and for his confidence. So um, yeah, I think they're going to be fine next season. I think they're going to be fine. I think it's a, just a, a transition year for them. 
and the thing is with football, you can have a transition year because it rolls around next year. It's it's it all resets back to zero, and you can just go again. There's no ramifications, long-term ramifications anyway. They'll still have the drawing power. They'll still have the pool. Yeah, it's not Champions League football, but it, they still have the drawing power. It's fine, right? It is what it is. So, yeah, they'll be fine. A transition year, underwhelming year, but in the grand scheme of things, I think it's fine. In the grand scheme of things, I think it's fine, especially from where they were to where they were able to push to. They made that late season charge. Their, 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 their back end of the year was actually quite good. Yeah, they didn't lose a game. Um, from April onwards, so the first of April was their last loss, and they won all but four games until that seat till the back end of that year. Um, so yeah, there you go. Quite good, quite a good back end of the season for them. Their fr- their start of the season was poor, but I think an important transitional year. Um, I I, th- I think it's an important transitional. I think it's an important transitional season for Liverpool. So yeah, three points for them, and then overall, Man City, they won the league. I've tipped them to win the league, so that's another. Correct tip. Great. Who cares? So um, let's let's add up, let's add up all the um, all, all my points and let's see how many I got. So you got three plus nine plus four plus three plus three plus seven plus four plus nine plus four plus zero plus five plus six plus one plus six plus 1, plus 1, plus 2, plus 9, plus 5, 82 points with two correct and with two correct predictions. So I'll minus 2 points off of that. 80 points. 80. 80 divided by 20 is 4. So I, I on average, got 4. Opa. I got four, I got, on average, I got every team four places wrong. That is fucking appalling. That is, oh, I suck. I'm, I, I, I'm awful. Jesus, that is, that is shockingly bad. That is, that is genuinely appalling. And I, I, I'm meant to know what I'm speaking about to a certain extent. That's shocking. I think a lot of teams kind of stuffed me this season. Chelsea stuffed a lot of people this season. Leicester stuffed a lot of people this season. Um, West Ham stuffed a lot of people this season. Fulham as well. I'm quite proud with my Forest one, my Everton one. Leeds stuffed me big time. I got Leeds horribly wrong. Got Villa horribly wrong. Got Brentford horribly wrong. Um, Happy with my United pick. Happy with... Happy with my Brighton and Newcastle picks to a certain extent. Happy with my Forest and Everton picks. I was happy with those. Southampton, good with that. Bournemouth shocked a lot of people, I think. Um, Arsenal shocked a lot of people. Tottenham shocked a lot, a lot of people with how bad they were, and so did Liverpool. So I think this was a very unpredictable season. Eighty points, average of four per team. I want to go. I want to. I want to look back and um. I want to look on YouTube and see where I rank against other people. And if you're watching, leave in the comments below. Do do what I did. So go through every team and give a give the differential. So the differential for each team is your point. So if you had if you had Man City to finish twentieth and they finish first, you get twenty points. And then the lowest points wins basically. So um yeah, L- let us know what what you got in the comments below. But um yeah, eighty out of twenty or eighty points divided by twenty four per team. Only two correct answers right is shocking, shockingly bad, and yeah, I'm ashamed, I apologise to everyone, but there you go, that is all for the latter Premier League predictions, um, 
I'm going to take a quick break to kind of re- rest and rejuvenate my voice because I spoke for an hour straight. And then we'll touch on my other predictions um, that I made in that video as well as finishing up on the 2023 footballing predictions as we are halfway through the year. So um, I'll be back in one, one second for you guys. So there you go. Okay, we are back. We are back for the second half. So second half. This podcast will not be two hours long, trust me. Um, although it would be the longest podcast. I think the longest podcast I've done is an hour and a half. An hour and a bit? Yeah, it would have been an hour and a bit. An hour and a half and a bit. Um, so yeah, let's let's move on to the other predictions. So I've got Golden Boot, Player of the Year, Young Player of the Year, Signing of the Season, Biggest Flop, First Manager Sacked, and then Top 4 Predictions for... Um, Top four predictions for the Bundesliga, Serie A, and La Liga. And I went back to see if I did the League One top four predictions, and I said, um, it's a French league, I can't be fucked. Who cares? So, you can't blame me, can you? Um, so, yeah, let's kick things off. Golden Boot, I put Harry Kane. So, you know what? I'm actually t- I'm actually, I'm actually giving myself a tick for that one because Erling Haaland's a joke. Harry Kane, Harry Kane scored 30 goals in one of the worst and most dysfunctional Spurs teams I've ever seen in my life. He is a he's a genuine star, like like genuine one of the best strikers ever level. Like he's unbelievably good. So like his his range of goals is so unbelievably versatile. He can outside the box, inside the box, header, poacher, finesse, power, free kicks, pens. Like he's so can hold the ball up, can dictate tempo, can play make, can be a ruthless finisher. He's very good. He's very, very good. And he will... I don't know if he'll break Shearer's record. If he goes to a better club right now, if he goes to a better team at least, he could. If Ange can turn Spurs into one of England's best teams, and he can definitely break Ange, uh, Shearer's record, I should say. Without a shadow of a doubt, there's definitely an opportunity for that to happen. So, I don't know. I don't know. But he's very good, and I'm actually going to give myself a tick because Haaland's a joke. Player of the year, I got Bernardo Silva. Um, he was good. He was good. He was good without being great. I thought he would take that level up last year. He was outstanding. Showed some promise um, uh, for this season, but just hasn't been able to kind of take that next level and maintain it. He's been good. He's been good without being great. So I won't give myself a tick there, unfortunately. Young player of the year, I put Bakayo Saka. Yeah, good for the start and then fell off quite drastically. Still might win it. I'd be. Sh- I still might win it. He probably will, actually. If he hasn't already, I don't know if the awards are out. I haven't looked. But, um, yeah, no. Saka, good for the first 80% of the season. Back second half of the last 20% of the season was quite poor. So that's a massive shame. Signing of the season, I put Raheem Sterling. <laughs> I put a Chelsea player for signing of the season. Fuck, I'm a comedian. Um, yeah, no, obviously no. Obviously not. <sighs> obviously not. Um, biggest flop, I put Gabriel Jesus. <laughs> I put an Arsenal player for biggest flop. They finished second. They were on top of the league for like 90% of the season. Um, yeah, once again, obviously not. Um, and then arguably the worst thing about this whole prediction, first manager sacked, I put Marco Silva. He didn't even get sacked. He's still in the job. So I can't predict. I think I've come to that conclusion. I've come to the conclusion based on what I've of what I've read right now is that I I can't I either can't predict or I don't know what I'm speaking about and I am a fraud and to be honest it's probably the latter Pro- like I, I like to give myself credit because I'm smug and I like to think I'm the best and I am but I I maybe I'm a fraud maybe I'm a fraud because 
to say to say some of the shit that I've said today or at the start of the season and for it to obviously not eventuate is quite funny and there's put into integrity a lot, a lot of what I say. So um, take everything I say with a pinch of salt. I'm not always right unless I am, in which I am. So um, yeah, there you go. That's quite funny. Jesus' biggest flop. He was unreal. Sterling signing of the season was shocking. Marco Silva, first manager sacked. He didn't even get sacked. Full and like overperformed so so many expectations. Not even funny. So um, yeah, there you go. How appalling is that? Let's move on to our my top four predictions from the other leagues. And for the Bundesliga, I actually I got the Bundesliga top four spot on. Bayern Munich top, Dortmund second, Leipzig third, and Union Berlin third or fourth. Tick, 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 tick. Uh, that has made me so happy. That has made me so happy. It's unbelievable. So, yeah, I predicted Union to finish fourth. I don't think a lot of people would have, but, um, yeah, there you go. That makes myself proud. I made myself proud. Syria, um, Syria, I got a lot wrong. I got AC top. They finished fourth. Um, I put Napoli second. They finished second. I put Inter third. I put Juve th- third, they finished seventh, but without their points deduction, without their points deduction, they would have finished third. Without their points deduction, I'm pretty sure. No, they wouldn't have. They would have finished fourth. So without their without their points deduction, they would have finished fourth. And I put um, Inter Milan's finished fourth, and they finished third. So I got three teams in the top four correct, and none in the right order. So there you go. And um, La Liga, I had Real Madrid to win the league. Barcelona second, Atletico third, and um, Sevilla fourth. Sevilla fourth. Sevilla finished twelfth, so that's horrible for me. Um, Barca top, so I didn't get that right. Real Madrid second, I didn't get that right, but I got Atletico third. So there you go. Um, I actually didn't. I actually didn't do. Um, I didn't do preseason predictions for like Champions League, Europa League, and stuff. I probably would have. I maybe I did. And I just haven't figured it out. And I just haven't remembered it or I haven't found it. But um, yeah, there you go. So let's finish things up and let's finish things up and let's do and let's touch on my 2023 football predictions. <coughs> As I can quite try and quite try quite try and quickly find them. Um, where which run sheet is it? Here we go. Is it this run sheet? Yeah, here are my seven predictions, and let's see which um let's see if any of them have happened, and let's see which which of them have could potentially come true. So, prediction one: a European Super League type thing will be reproposed by Florentino Perez. Tick already six months in one prediction. Tick. Thank you very much. Prediction two: after grand final bust, Tourism New South Wales back out on their decision, and Paramount pull out of A League rights deal. That is to be. Um, confirmed. I doubt that's going to happen, and I'm not speaking about the LA Grand Final. All I'm going to say is, ha ha, Melbourne City, ha ha. Um, and also the Cum Dogs really good. Um, prediction three: After Saudi Arabia flop, Ronaldo ends the year as a free agent. You know what? I'm giving myself a half tick so far. Half tick. Prediction four: World Cup style stoppage time will be a permanent fixture in football by year's end. There's been no talk about that, so that's obviously TBC. Prediction 5, promotion relegation will be announced in 2023 for the A-League, not implemented, as well as a functional second division, potentially third. Tick, 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 tick. Tick a million times over tick. That is an unbelievable prediction from my point. There you go. 
Yeah, so let's go. Let's go back to the start of twenty twenty three, where I said that that will happen, and that happened. That has happened. So there you go. Um, prediction six: Kylian Mbappe and Erling Haaland will not be at their respective clubs by the end of the year. Um, that's obviously two best say once again. No, no rumors about that, but could potentially happen. Could potentially happen. I know Haaland. There's something about Haaland in the making, maybe. Um, prediction seven. Last prediction, a radical change to the way football is played will be proposed. However, after fan backlash, will eventually lead to the resignation of Gianni Infantino and other high-ranking FIFA officials. Um, Gianni is still the boss, isn't he? Gianni is, is still the boss, isn't he not? Yeah, Gianni is still the boss. Nothing like that has been announced yet, so that's once again a TBC. That's once again a TBC. So I've got, I've got one... I've got two spot on, two absolutely spot on, European Super League and promotion relegation. So that's two absolute ticks. Grand final bust, radical changes to um, for the way football's played and World Cup style stoppage time to BC. And Haaland and Mbappe leaving their clubs in Ronaldo um, ends here as a free agent. I'll give myself a quarter tick for those three. So um, you know what? Not bad. I'll take that. I'll take that. I'll actually take that. So um, there you go. That is all for today's episode. I'm not going to be touching on on any on any of the football that was played, including the LA Grand Final. I don't I don't I don't want to speak about it. All I'm going to say is, ha ha, Melbourne City, you guys suck. Lol lol lol. Um. So yeah, there you go. I just don't want to speak about it. Sue me. It's my podcast. Sue me. I know. I know people would probably want to hear it, but I didn't watch it. I didn't watch it, so I can't speak about it. I just saw sick one. I didn't watch it. So there you go. Okay. Make sure, thank you all very much for listening to the for the 39th episode of the Two Foot Tackle Podcast for Season 2. Make sure you subscribe to the, make sure you subscribe to the Two Foot Tackle Podcast on YouTube. Follow it on all the socials, all the audio platforms as well. Five-star rating would mean the world. Yeah, it's um penultimate episode. Next week we'll be back to wrap up the Champions League, wrap up the Champions League, wrap up the Europa League, and the Conference, no, Europa League's already done. Wrap up the Conference League, wrap up the Champions League, wrap up all the transfer news, all the stories that have happened throughout this week and next week, and we'll wrap things up, and I'll see you, I'll sail off into the sunset for another year, and um, I'll be back in the off-season for penultimate for occasional and sporadic episodes, but we're not there yet, I'm not saying my goodbyes, I'll be back next week, as always, Tuesday, 6pm, Australian Eastern Standard Time, make sure you subscribe, thank you very much for watching, once again, thank you very much for sticking around, make sure you leave your thoughts in the comments below, leave your predictions in the comments below, and your kind of results to the prediction, if that makes sense, but yes. Thank you very much for watching. It's been a pleasure. Always a chore. No, never never a chore, always a pleasure. Uh, thank you for sticking around. If you have all the way, subscribe. See you guys next week. Goodbye. <laughs>